brother, 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 brother. Oh, brother. Oh, it's been a while. It's been a while no, since we, we did that. it last. We did it yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, maybe that's my amnesia. Never Ooh. mind. Oh, somebody's got a CTE coming in. Too many <laughs> unprotected hair headshots, uh, chair headshots. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, it is Saturday. November 19th, uh, and this is the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is the Impact Power Hour once again. Um, I am Ryan. I'm Angelo. And yeah, uh, it's been a while. I was on extended, unplanned vacation, um, and I just did not have anywhere that I was able to actually record from because... The place I was at had no furniture in most of the rooms, so it was just an echo chamber. Yeah, uh, yeah that wouldn't have been ideal. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we needed to hear that. Um, so, yeah, but we're we're here now. We're back. Um, so, and- Ryan, you were at Rampage yesterday. In thirty yes. seconds, can you uh, you know tell us a little bit about your AEW experience, and then we'll focus on Impact. Yeah, um, I, I have to say, I think it, it it was weird seeing a a live rampage, just because you know, a lot of the times it's taped right after, so you've got like a full house, you've got a really hot crowd going, and the crowd was pretty good. It was just the size was not there. There was lots of empty seats because oh, you know, yeah. no, a lot. I don't think a lot of people wanted to go to just uh, just Friday. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, that makes sense because yeah, tomorrow is full gear. Yeah, tonight um, is full gear, I should say. Yeah, so I think a lot of people bought because the, there was a combo deal. You get uh, rampage, and then you also get full gear tickets. I think a lot of people did that. Um, so there's probably not many people that went to Friday and are not going today. Yeah, and I think also a lot there's a lot of people who probably bought them and was like. I'm still not going to Rampage. I just wanted a ticket, a guaranteed ticket. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe in the future, AEW can think about running the Rampage before a show, like in a smaller arena. Yeah. Uh, like how WrestleMania does it. They don't run it back in the same football stadium right. at night on Monday Night Raw. That'd be ridiculous. So, yeah. You know, just, they're, they're living and learning. Yeah. Um, other than that, I thought all the matches for Rampage were really good. Um, got to see some people who you know, not normally seen. VSK, um, right? So on Rampage, we had... Um, he started off with Lance Archer versus Ricky Starks. That was cool. Um, uh, Ricky won uh, to move on to go face the machine, Brian Cage. Um, so they had a standoff. Uh, and that's going to be on the pre-show for, all, uh, for Full Gear tonight. Um, and then we had, um, hook versus Lee Moriarty. That was, that was probably the best hook match I think okay. he's had just cause it was actual back and forth. It wasn't a squash match. Um, but it was, it was really, really good. Everybody was really into that match. I think that was probably the second hottest, uh, match of the night just based off of, uh, crowd, uh, interactions and stuff um then we had athena versus madison rain um, oh so that's an impact legend right yeah there. uh Keeping and in the theme yeah and we 
officially got the the real heel turn for Athena uh, after beating up Madison uh, or beating wow. Madison. She uh, went after her after the match, and then yeah. she attacked Aubrey Edwards. Um, I, I don't think I'm, I'm not you know too up to speed with AEW, but I don't think there's a lot of character development in Madison Rain right now. No, but, um, no, I think she, it's still that she's just like the coach. Yeah, right. But but it, it's interesting in the sense that we've never, as Impact fans, experienced a babyface Madison Rain. Yeah, what I can remember. She yeah. she pretty much came in right off the bat and joined the beautiful people, um, and has been that dastardly heel pretty much ever since. Yes. So through multiple retirements yes so yeah. um but yeah uh so yes uh athena beat up Madison or Madison rain she then beat up uh, uh aubrey edwards the ref uh she went back to beating up uh, on mass and rain um and then mercedes martinez another former impact person came out uh it made her return uh to run off athena uh yeah. and make the save uh, so it seems like Mercedes is back after prolonged injury, um, and I guess the program the Ring of Honor Women's Belt. Yes, so okay. I think this is going to be the Ring of Honor Women's feud is Athena versus her. Um, and as me and Pat point out, uh, I think this is the first time that uh, Athena or Ember Moon has been heel on TV because we don't think she's been she was ever heel in WWE or NXT. Yeah, I I don't think so. So that, that's what I mean. It was interesting in the elements of like, you know, getting Ember Moon as a heel and Madison Rain as a face. Like they yes. are very not in their normal element. I'm yeah. sure I'm sure Athena could do great at it. Yeah. Uh, based on some with the one dark match where she's beating the hell out of local talent. Yeah, um, and that's um, basically her gimmick now. It's just that she's really stiff. She's really uh, aggressive, and I think it, it, it like I, I'm pretty sure they made her heel solely off of that. Yeah, and I think that's honestly, really smart. Probably, yeah, it was a smart move, and I mean, I think she's the right person to do it. You need a good wrestler to be able to like you know work stiff like that, and not actually injure people. So yes. I think Athena's the right person. Yeah, uh, and then final match was uh, Ortiz and Eddie Kingston, uh, both former Impact guys again. Um, yeah, versus. Uh, Takeshka and June Akiyama making his debut. Um, the whole th- story here was that June Akiyama is Eddie Kingston's dream opponent. Uh, that uh, Eddie says that he's been dreaming or he's wanted to fight Akiyama since he was 18 years old. Um, and Tony made a call to get him in for one night only um, to get that match. Uh, but the story was basically Akiyama refused to get in the match. Uh, Takeshka wanted to make uh, Eddie pay for like hyping it up uh, that it was going to be him and Akiyama and overlooking Takeshka. Um, eventually, Akiyama did get in, but it was after Eddie had tagged out. Um, and so this made Eddie more angry. Uh, but uh, Akiyama and uh, Takeshka end up getting the win, surprisingly, on uh, Ortiz. Uh, and uh, Eddie gets a mic and calls out Akiyama um, and tells uh, uh, t- he yells at Tony to get come out and make a match uh, for tomorrow for him versus uh, for Akiyama versus Kingston. He wants to go one on one with him. Uh, and Tony goes full crackhead energy, screaming at the top of his lungs, almost popping the mic um, where it's almost inaudible. Um, of him just screaming 
uh, <laughs> that Akiyama is here for one more night and that you guys are going to get to fight uh, tomorrow at full gear. They have a stare down and then Eddie had a, the go home promo um, off the air um, talking about how wrestling saved his life, how he's always been like an all Japan uh, guy. Um, and that Akiyama is like the one guy who beat the four, all four pillars of all Japan. And so that's why he's always wanted to fight him. And now he gets to, so uh, it's getting to have his boyhood dream come true. Uh, he also uh, called out Jets fans uh, and said, you're all a bunch, uh, bunch of pieces of garbage. Uh, oh, I don't like that. Yeah, he's a Giants fan. Uh, okay. And so he didn't say garbage. You know, he, in true Eddie Kingston fashion, called him pieces of shit. Yeah. Uh, dropped some F-bombs against about him. Good old stuff. Uh, but yeah, I'd say that Great. was good. The Rampage stuff... Uh, we had a Brian Cage squash match. We had VS or the Trustbusters with VSK uh, get uh, getting pinned. Um, I don't even remember who it was against. Uh, I think oh, it was Dark Order. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, Dark Order are kind of relevant for Impact purposes. We'll definitely yes. get into it on the show. So. Yeah. Uh, so overall, uh, Rampage was good, but sitting through two hours of dark taping so was really fucking yeah. painful. It's a, it's a lot. I understand yeah. because. Yeah, especially because Rampage is live, so it doesn't start till ten. Mm-hmm. You're not actually getting what you want to be there for until yeah. ten. Yeah, that that is that is tough. Yeah. Um. Again, I like they nor at least for like the Sunday pay per views that they do, they normally have like a special dark that they run on Saturday, where it's like longer matches and things that like are. I don't. I'd say like a little bit better, but this was just like dark tapings for who knows how long. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, if you're into dark, that's fine. There were some good moments. Uh, the, the women's matches on the, on dark were actually really good. I think we had Willow Nightingale versus um, somebody. I don't remember who, but that was good. Okay. Um, and we had Ty Conti versus sky blue. I thought that was really good. Um, but yeah, everything else kind of just blurred together. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, Dark has its place. It's very tough to um, run so much consecutive wrestling at once for the same crowd, and I think that's what the issue you were alluding to in the beginning with having Dark, uh, having Rampage right after the actual main show on Wednesdays. Typically, like it was taped after that crowd would be dead because it's like, okay, we just sat through dark and our two hour show. And now we're here for rampage plus Tony Khan's going to come out at the end. So yeah. It's a lot at once, it, you know, in this day and age to keep an audience captive for four plus hours is, is not an easy task for pretty no. much anything like baseball ratings are going down. And it's a three hour sport. Like it, it, it's yeah. a, it's a tough task all around. So I, I think splitting up rampage is a good start. Dark yeah. has its place. It's important. Um, you know, they'll probably work through whether or not they keep it in performance center type of scheme or they have it travel on the road with them. It makes sense because a lot of the dark wrestlers end up on Rampage and vice versa. So like, it makes sense to have them all there and just do the tapings while you have an audience. But yeah, it, it, there's always going to be conflict with that, I think. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, so, yeah, impact time. Uh, neither of us have watched overdrive um yeah so we're we're, we're gonna you know pretend we're not gonna do uh you know predictions because you guys could easily just look up what happened yeah but we're gonna you know talk about impact today without knowing what happened so yeah yeah um 
So impact time. Um, the main show started with um, just the normal video package of what has happened last week. Uh, but then we go into the ring and crazy Steve is cutting a promo about black Tarus and well I guess because we, we've you know missed a lot of yes. our, our part we, we should talk about what happened last week in, in terms of the tape in terms of that beginning package yeah was it, was it I believe um Masha attacking Jordan Grace yeah so Jordan right. defended her title last week against Giselle Shaw Giselle Which was a great match by the yeah. way yeah um Giselle loses Jordan uh, as she's walking up the ramp uh, gets attacked by Masha Slamovich, who hadn't been seen since losing at Bound for Glory. Um, uh, and Jordan announced afterward the show had ended last week, uh, I guess, uh, that it was going to be a last w- uh, knockout standing match between her and Masha for the knockouts title uh, at Overdrive. Um, so, I, I mean, it's good to see Masha back because. I thoroughly enjoy her and her and Jordan had a really good match at Bound for Glory. Um, so yeah. looking forward but, to a last knockout standing match. I- so it's interesting because like not to talk about the Giselle match with Jordan Grace too much, but they're, they're building Jordan to be so strong. And I mean, she looked so good in that match. And that was probably one of my favorite matches of Jordan Grace in recent history. Um, but overall, they're making her look very, very dominant, very clean as a wrestler, too. Just like, you know, her, her move set is very powerful, but, like, she's very fluid with her moves. Mm. And now Masha, coming off of her first loss in a year against Jordan Grace, is getting a rematch. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that is a very interesting dynamic, and it'll be interesting to see how they, like, take. And it, it's not just a normal one-on-one match. It's a last woman standing match. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of where Masha goes from here. Like, are they really going to pull the belt off the of Jordan Grace or not? Yeah. She seems to be on top of the women's division right now. And honestly, one of the bright spots in the impact overall. So. Yeah. Um, I, I agree 100%. I think this Jordan Grace reign has actually surprised me a little bit on how surprised good it's been. Transitional. Yeah, I thought so as well. Um. But she's just had really, really, really good matches overall. Uh, her versus Mia Yim was really good. Uh, her versus Masha was really good. Uh, apparently, her versus Giselle was really good. I still haven't watched that, but I'll, I'll have to check it out because I've heard good things about it. Um, yeah, so. yeah I mean, she's she's taking the role like like Josh Alexander is like a fighting champion and really is like you know running with it. So right now, Impact has two of them at the top of each respective division. So. Go. I, I don't see, you know, Frankie Gazarian necessarily de- dethroning Josh Alexander, but I could see Masha maybe, you know, changing things up for impact purposes and taking the belt off of Jordan Grace. So you don't have two fighting champions. Yeah, and it, it'll be interesting if Masha loses. It'd be weird. To, I, I don't know where Masha falls after that because, you know, the undefeated yeah. streak and looking like the, the most unbeatable force, it would be completely over. Um, it, it would like oh this was a fluke it was back, it's back to back matches now you've lost um where do you go from there because like, exactly uh yeah it, it, it's not like the, it's not like the men's division where like you could have an unbeatable reign uh of terror lose and then just go to the mid card or uh build yourself back up in the it, it X division or something like, like that for the men's too because like yeah months really to you know now he's back on TV basically maybe not months but it was like. Bound for glory, call your shot gauntlet, 
and yeah. then nothing for a long time. And then he got a squash match again and it's kind of in the fold. He was on the overdrive kickoff show. But yeah. like, it, it takes a while. Once you have that like undefeated streak and you lose, it's you, you got to find that next thing to catch momentum. If you don't have a fully built character, which at yeah. least Nasha does to her benefit. Um, but if you don't have that, then it's really hard to like kind of capture an audience without that winning streak. Yes. Um, we also got uh, last week Chelsea Green versus Mickey James. Uh, Chelsea Green losing to Mickey James uh, after tr- her and Deanna both tried to cheat to help Chelsea win. Uh, and then we got the pro backstage or outside the venue. Uh, pro uh, vignette very thing. reminiscent of how Mickey James left when she lost to Chelsea Green with her bag yes. packed and says, I'm going home. That's yes. exactly what Chelsea Green says to Deanna. Deanna's like, You know, wait, it's okay, like you know, we lose sometimes. And yeah. Chelsea goes, I'm going home. Yeah, so now at we know, or we're, we're assuming that she, Chelsea Green, has probably seen the last of impact for a while. Yes, we think she's WWE bound. Yes, you agree with that still, I think so. I I think that it, her, she's been very vocal that she wanted to go back to WWE. Um, like immediately once she got re- released, she was like, "My goal is still going back to WWE, having a main event run or like a, a main roster run that doesn't get sidelined by injuries. I've got so many things that I, I'd be willing to do." Blah blah blah. Running down like everything she ever pitched uh, from being. Uh, basically the second coming of Mickey James uh, to being Seth Rollins's disciple uh, to like basically anything she could possibly think of. She had a, a plan for uh, and it just never happened. So I think she's going to go back to WWE. Uh, don't know how, I don't know where she fits in there. Yeah, it's hard to say. We we didn't know Mick, Mia Yim would even fit in there and look no. main roster now. So yeah, and she's in like a, a big time, big big time feud. So uh, I think it, they seem to ha- have an idea for her. I just don't know where. Like Chelsea just was injured so much in WWE that like I feel like she never like not even she never NXT, she even had anything like. No, I agree I, with that. Like, even in NXT, she wasn't, like, a hot commodity in that sense. Because it, it, she just never had, like, sustained momentum. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but, all right. I, th- I also think it's uh, telling that if you if you look at any of the rumors about it, uh, about, like, Chelsea going back to WWE, it's not like, oh, they want Vex to come. They don't want Deanna part of it. It's just Chelsea. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think... Going on with that, um, I, I I still think that Deanna will also leave Impact soon. Uh, her deal ends, I believe, at the end of the year. Um, I think she would be AEW bound. Uh, if, I, I agree with that, definitely. Yeah. So. so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, back to the show. Uh, Crazy Steve cuts a promo about Black Tarus and how everything's aligning. Every, Black Truce is going to win the X Division title. Uh, Decay is coming back stronger than ever. Uh, and yeah, that leads us to our first match. It is Black Truce versus PJ Black. Uh, yeah. For those, I don't know if I, is it a returning PJ Black or is it just kind of like 
his first time in Impact. I'm not even sure. So PJ Black, I believe, was part of Impact when Global Force Wrestling showed up. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, and then like he he's kind of like just been a freelancer around the world. Yeah. He was in Ring of Honor for a bit. Now, I mean, he, for for those that don't know, he's Justin Gabriel from yes. That. And he doesn't look anything like Justin Gabriel. No, no. And he's 41 years old, so he's not going to necessarily do the same things he was doing then. Um, But he's still obviously a very good talent in the ring. And made made sense. He's having a good run right now with this X Division tournament. Yeah. um, He's done some New Japan stuff. He's done Ring of Honor. He's been all over the place. Um, I thought it was pretty cool that they'd been, uh, I guess they've been doing these X Factors where it's just, like, facts about the competitors in the tournament. Um, it was It's a first-time-ever matchup between the two of them. Um, so that, that was cool. They had pretty good chemistry throughout this match. Um, and Black Tarus just continues to look like a dominant force in the X Division, um, where I think... And I hope, at least, that this is where you pull the trigger because the crowd is super into Black Tarus. I think, yeah, I hope so too. And I, I guess like we can kind of breeze through the match. It was a really good match, but you know, Black Tarus wins in the end. Yeah, and he's now going to face Trey Miguel in the finals of this tournament. Yes. So you, you have Trey, who's already a previous champion, and he might get tied into a Kenny King storyline here. Yeah. Or you have Black Tarus, who's you know, the hottest thing since sliced bread, it feels like. We've been rooting for him for months now to be like, you got to push this guy. Yes. He's excellent talent. And now all of a sudden in the past few months, Impact has been stringing wings, wins together for him slowly. You know, it was like yeah. dark and not too important matches and against Laredo Kid and things like that. And now all of a sudden he, you know, he won a four-way, I think it was. And then yeah. now he's in the tournament and he's in the finals here. So like he's, he's as hot as it can get right now, I think you got to put the belt on Black Tarus. He's an excellent talent, and he can bring the X Division to a whole new level, similar to how Mike Bailey was. He was taking on different challenges left and right. I think Black Tarus can be that type of person for a couple months. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can say whatever you want about the uh, the X Division title tournament. I think uh, from what I've seen, seen of it, the matches have been very good. Do I think they needed this? I still think giving Frankie Kazarian the belt just yeah. to cash in option C was atrocious uh, booking, uh, especially when Josh has just been giving out title shots to anybody. Uh, I think it killed off Mike Bailey's momentum a bit. Um, but uh, I think that if this is how you raise Black Tarus up uh, or somebody new, I think that's totally fine. Yeah, um, yeah, I think the tournament is like, you know, the best of a bad scenario, definitely. I, I yeah. didn't like, like, I agree, Mike Bailey probably shouldn't have lost that way or as if he if he had like at least one you know title match yeah. as a champion i think i would have complained less but he literally turned that like you know i want to win the exhibition title and won it and turned it into option c instantly which like doesn't make sense in the context that you're right like he literally gave a title shot to bobby fish he yeah. you know he's literally he, he'll just anyone that's asking he pretty much gets a title shot except mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. so that's why it kind of felt weird that Kaz had to do the option c for that like if they wanted to have this match at overdrive. They could have did it without, I, I think, putting Mike Bailey to the curb. Yeah. And you but. could you could have had the X Division tournament still and just the winner face Mike Bailey at overdrive. Right, right. It could have been approached a little differently. I, I mean, yeah. 
I'm glad Mike Bailey was in the tournament, and I'm glad he's like gonna get a storyline out of it with Kenny King. Yeah. Um, so we're not gonna see the end. You know, he's not gonna just fade away. No. But yeah, it, it did curb his momentum a bit. I think from what he was like having an incredible calendar PWI year because you know it starts in yeah. July, and now it kind of killed that momentum in terms of he lost the belt, and now he's gonna be in like a non-title feud. Yeah. Um, I mean, he'll still have the indies where he's wrestling For everybody sure. and anybody. Um, but yeah, definitely, at least on TV, it's, it feels like it'll be a bit before he's back in title contention. Yeah, or maybe Impact knows he's not long for Impact. That's, yeah. you know, well, I mean, he signed a multi-year deal. Uh, so did everyone. Yeah, that's fair. That's, <laughs> so, that's fair. It was everyone, Yeah, it's um, hard to say. Yeah, but like he was like handpicked by Josh and... He's got that that Scott Demore connection, so who knows? Okay, so yeah, you would think he's longer, but yeah. Who knows? Plus, if you want to work the indies as regularly as he does, I feel like Impact's Impact the place to go. Just because, I mean, you could go to AEW and work work it as well, but I, I feel like yeah. most I people in Impact just do a lot more. Yeah, but I mean, I, th- I think it's you know give and take. People, do yeah. Need- or not just because not solely because they want to, but because impact isn't enough to yeah that's fair off of unless if you're like in the top five percent yeah the, so yeah um, after this we get the Frankie Kazarian and Josh Alexander contract signing both of their wives are here um, and it starts off with everybody being all cordial and respectful. Uh, and then out of nowhere, Frankie is like, oh, I, I hope you know that like, I'm going to beat you. Uh, and I hope your fa- you and your family are aware of what will happen once I beat you. Um, and Josh's wife says, like, you need to you and your family need to be ready for when Josh beats you. Uh, and I just think this went off the rails. I don't think this needed this random element of the wives being involved. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to, you know, build some sort of suspense because basically this whole time it's been like, I respect you. I respect you. Yeah. Kaz to Josh Alexander and vice versa. And we all know that there is no chance Kaz in 2022 is going to win the impact world championship when he's not I, with the company. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and he's not in a position on AEW where it's like, right. Kenny, Kenny gonna- Omega. Right, right. He's not going to be the cleaner and like walk around with the belt on TV on yeah. impact. Um, I mean, he's barely, he's Kazarian's barely on AEW TV to begin with. So, right. I, they, so, it so wouldn't boost trying, anything. Yeah. They're trying the best they can to kind of build, you know, any legitimacy to Kaz. I, yeah. I, I love Kaz. I, I've been a big fan of him since I, you know, was a kid watching him TNA wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, I wish he won the belt off of Christian Cage on that TV, TV Impact Wrestling episode back in like 2008 or 2009, but it didn't happen, obviously. Yes. But we're here now in 2022, and ignoring that, you know, what happened with Mike Bailey, just like, let's say, like, we're just looking at Kaz versus Josh Alexander. I mean, I think this could be a great match, and I think the build has been as good as it could be for a guy like Kaz that's really not in a position to win a world title. I yes. think the build has been as good as it can be because we know what the outcome is going to be. And they, they decided to call this match like over a month ago. Yeah. It feels like at least. So like you've had a, four weeks basically to say like this match is going to happen. So it's, they're doing the best they can. I don't know if they should have put themselves in this position necessarily, but I mean, 
Agreed. They, with, the, with the video packages they've been doing, and I guess they tried to, you know, salvage it today or yes, on Thursday with that, uh, you know, contract signing a little bit. Like, they're, they're trying to make yeah. it a compelling storyline while Bully Ray is, like, on the outside watching as well. So, yeah. Um, I just think it went it, – it, my issue with it was it went, it went with this angle, and then immediately after – Frankie and, and Josh have a conversation backstage about respect again. And it's like, right. what was the point of the contract signing stuff if you're just going to be friendly? Yeah, there, there's a little bit of, like, you know, Josh was mad at him because of yeah. stuff like, oh, who, what does it matter if I have to trust Bully Ray or not? That's, yeah. that's the point. I mean, Josh yeah. Alexander knows he's a champion. Everyone's going to go for the championship no matter what. Yeah. And Bully Ray is trying to be like, oh, you could trust me and this and that. Like, I'm going to yeah. tell you when I want that. I want to call my shot. Yeah, everyone, including Kaz, is like you can't trust the guy. And Josh's point is, I don't care if I have to trust the guy or not. Yeah, I know I'll have to face him eventually. Yeah. So, and Kaz kind of ends it with, "Well, it won't matter after." Yeah, Over. yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, <laughs> we 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 also got Bully Ray just popping in here saying hi. I respect you both. Get to tell Kaz exactly what I've been telling you gonna be open and honest when when it comes to this uh seeing bully ray in a baby face role is very odd in 2022 yeah i mean like i was kind of cringing laughing the same way kaz was because yes you're not used to that you're i mean even now in 2022 you're envisioning the basically like the the troll yes open radio you know yes. citing heat for no reason yeah even beyond that if you're just looking at the impact scope you're you know remembering the guy that screw, yelled i screwed you hogan i screwed you brooke yeah so it, it's very hard to like look at that guy and be like oh yeah i you know normal up up and coming baby face here yeah bully ray. yeah his name is bully ray yeah <laughs> So should they should have at least change it the brother right if he was trying to be a baby face brother brother <laughs> um, we were having this conversation in the car last night me and Pat um, I said that I think that if the whole thing is for Josh and Bully to face off against each other at a bigger pay per view um, I think that the, this would be a good rub for Josh just because I think that in Impact history Bully Ray is a respected figure. Um, yeah. and I, I went as far as saying that I think that overall in the history of impact, Bully Ray would be considered a top 10 competitor. And Pat said that there's no way Bully Ray would ever be a top 10 competitor, even that's, just impact. That's really tough. Um, I don't want to go into it too much. Right. I want to try to keep this in an hour, but yeah, you got to think he had a big impact as team 3d. And then mm-hmm. he also did win the world title and was the leader of aces and eights, which was, you know, a pretty hot part of impact. Maybe yes. might've part of, been part of the demise. It's, you know, yeah. to, to be debated part of it, but he was a big part of the show at the time when they had a lot of viewers. Yeah. Um, top 10. It's, it's hard to say. I would have to like, you know, go through a list and yeah. try to be, was he better than Jeff Hardy. Was he better than RVD and things like that? But yeah, he's, he's very important. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Pat, Pat's argument was that there's there's many other ones. He put basically he was like just off the top of my head, I can think of Sting, Kurt Angle, Hardy. Yeah, right, oh, right. Yeah. I was like, okay, but like they they might. It, I think he is still a very impactful person. He's very impactful. And then you can name all those guys, but they didn't have the tag team dominance that they right, had right, right. As well, so that I think there's, there's a blend of that. He's been very important to the company, whether yes. it's been 
as a singles competitor, straight up heel or kind of like that. We're a team 3D tweener. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's tough to say. Yeah. Um, I also think that this is going to be, I mean, Bully Ray said it when he won the, ty- uh, the call your shot call it that he wanted to, uh, you know, he wanted to return to the place that made him like the big, the biggest star that he, he ever was. Um, I think obviously he's, he's on his way out of the wrestling business as a competitor. I mean, he is old. Sure. Uh, and I think that, you know, Josh beating Bully Ray for the world title or to keep the world title or maybe possibly retiring Bully Ray in some form. I think that would be a pretty good send off or, uh, or a pretty good uh, notch in the belt for Josh. Bully Ray might pull it. I mean, I, I don't want to speculate too much further, but Bully Ray might actually pull off world title win, which would be very upset. But I, mean, <laughs> I, I just don't know why you bring him in otherwise, besides like, like uh, Tommy kind of like closure to his career. Yes. But you wouldn't do that with the call your shot gauntlet. You would have did it just with like, you know, what Kaz is doing or what Bobby Fish did. And just like, I want one match or, you know, yeah. what, pretty, everyone that has wrestled Josh Alexander, <laughs> you know, they just like, let's wrestle. Cause I want to do it. Cause you're a really good wrestler. Not like, I want to call my, like I beat everyone in the battle Royale. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to hold on to this thing for like two months and drag it on TV and have a feud with Moose and Macklin. Like, it, it feels like there's more brewing than just like him getting sent off. I, yeah, I, that's fair. <laughs> fair. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, after this, uh, we have Mercy Machine Guns versus Ace Austin versus uh, Ace Austin and Chris Bay versus Aussie Open versus Raj and Shira. There we and go. Raj commentary says that everybody in this, all these teams. Are the heavy the heaviest of hitters in the tag division? Probably not the way to describe them, but okay. Yeah. Uh, well, my thinking was, do we, do we really want to put Raj Singh and Shira on on all these other teams' levels? Absolutely yeah. not. No, absolutely. But they, not. they were there for the tapings. Yeah. So, get Joe Hendry over. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, so I might thought, as well get a second I thought this was going to be everybody like somebody's. They're only here to take a pin. That was not the case. No. Um, I was shocked. Um, but I thought this was a really, really good match. It showcased, you know, a little bit of everything. everyone here. Uh, you got Morrissey and Machine Guns and their uh, famous double-team moves. You have Ace and Chris Bay reminding everybody that they exist uh, and are not just, you know, pre-show fodder yeah. uh, on pay-per-views. Um we have Aussie Open, who, you know, they're still they're still around. I, I'm shocked. Yeah, they try to remind you these... they, they want to be an impact and they want to win world title. The tag yeah. Title as well, so. um, the thing that I thought was a bit shocking was the finish. I, I didn't expect to see Ace Austin and Chris Bay pin Aussie Open. Yeah, kind of in that fashion. You have Chris Bay kind of do the suicide dive, take everyone out, and then they finish off Aussie Aussie Open, and in a pretty dominating way. You know, it wasn't like the sneak sneaky strategy of like you just tag someone and you can you know roll up a win. Like they cleared the ring, uh, yeah. protected the ring, and Ace Austin got the pin that way. Um, I mean, we were we were a little concerned with the you know the bottom half of Bullet Club here without you know. Um, Carl Anderson and Gallows being around, especially when we saw the first booking, like after Bound for Glory, was like they're gonna face 
Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray, (laughs) you know, not formulating the way we saw it. It ended up being like, you know, Ace Austin was taken out at backstage. There was a two on one match and whatever. Yeah. Um, But with with that, you know, blemish, they've really elevated Austin and Chris Bay as they should. They're two of the best young talents on the roster. And now getting a nice win and a fatal four way tag match after Ace Austin just beat Moose as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think this puts them in a really good position to maybe be the next impact tag contenders. Yeah. Um, my only thing is uh, that um, they are going to be gone for a bit. Uh, as yeah. They are part of the junior tag tournament or junior tag league in New Japan. So Chris Bay making his first trek to Japan. Yeah, that's um, great. I think they'll be uh, – I don't know if they're going to win it, but I think they'll have a good showing there. Um, and it'll be cool it, for it, them it, to find for their impact career because, you know, they're not in a world title. They're not in a tag title match and they yeah. don't necessarily have like a big storyline. They need to fill the gaps with. I think right. they want a harmless fatal four way here. Yes. Um, you know, we got Heath and Rhino and whoever is going to challenge them or if they lose on overdrive, they lose on overdrive. So I think there's enough going on in the impact in the, in the tag division yeah. to fill the gap. And when they come back, people remember, oh, they're a hot tag team. Yes. Uh, I, especially if they have like a very good run. Uh, kind of like how Ace had a pretty good junior, uh, best of super juniors tournament. And they told everybody, hey, he had a pretty good best of super juniors tournament. Oh, and he joined Bullet Club. Right. Like, oh, um, uh, the other thing is uh, Aussie Open also will be gone as they are in World Tag League. Uh, so oh. they're in the heavyweight version of tag league, um, which is, is is why I thought it was very shocking that, you know, the junior tag team, yeah, the heavyweight tag happy. team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would be happy with that. Yeah. But uh, Aussie Open, I think, at least according to me and Pat, uh, probably the favorites to win World Tag League. Um, so, okay. yeah, uh, big stuff. Uh, but there, there's two of the teams. They won't be. I mean, they might have been on the tapings. Ace and Bay, or Ace and Bay, probably at least, since they were at Overdrive for the pre-show match. Um, oh, so they might they might fill the gap then. Yeah, so they they might because there's a taping the next day, so they probably did something, uh, and then you know headed off to Japan. Okay. So Very after cool. this, we get. Taya and Rosemary talking about where's Jessica because Taya told Jessica to go explore and have a drink on the strip and lost um, and they lost her and she was doing TikTok dances. Um, they both didn't like them. Uh, and Taya says that she already talked to Scott that if Jessica doesn't show up, uh, that Taya would take her place in her match against Tasha Steeles tonight. Um, then we got a Jordan Grace promo, just basically talking about how we're getting a last woman standing or a last knockout standing match between her and Masha. Uh, and that would take us to Taya Valkyrie versus Tasha Steeles. Um, this was a weird match solely because it felt like it flew by extremely quickly. Um, I thought this was going to be a little bit more competitive. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they they are you know the better women's wrestlers in the roster. Yeah. But but you know, in the purpose of kind of building the tag storyline here, they didn't need to have like a barn burner type of match. No. I think no. I think it made sense. Like you know, Taya winning via 
like she was trying to hit the her finisher and kind of ended with the roll up. Yes, Kaya was trying to get out of it. So I think that was like a fair finish. And I know yes, really bad there. Um, and it kind of led to you know the chaos at the end of the match. Yeah, so Savannah jumps in uh, to attack. Uh, or, well, Tasha uh, gets up, attacks Taya from behind as she's celebrating. Rosemary comes in. Uh, Savannah Evans comes in to knock her down. And then out comes Jessica with uh, a beer hat, the, the beer the, yeah, the, the beer helmet thing, uh, and just comes in and starts wrecking the house. Uh, and they also, the death dolls all celebrate together. Um, yeah, it, this, this was good. Uh, death dolls are entertaining. Um, yeah, for sure. And you know, it, it feels it, it. I still think there's there is that dysfunction between Rosemary and everybody. Uh, will she stay around in the group? Who knows? Maybe she goes out on her own if she she needs to, because it definitely seems like she doesn't agree with Taya and Jessica's overall. Beings. So who's going to be in the match for the Death Dolls tag titles? So I believe it's Taya and Jessica. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, based on the past two weeks of who was wrestling. Okay. Yeah. Um. After this, we've got Josh Alexander finding Tommy Dreamer and asking for advice on Bully Ray if he should trust him. Um, and Tommy's like, you know, I've got my own match. I've I've known Bully for decades, all this stuff. Um, just, you know, be on the, the lookout. You can't trust every anybody in wrestling, really. You know, just you're having a good run. Don't don't let somebody who's not a, in the title uh, contention right now be your main focus because it's going to distract you from your current opposition. I've got a match against Macklin. I mean, I, I interpreted more of that Tommy Dreamer kind of gave him, like, yeah, he brushed him off a little bit, but he gave uh, Bully Ray the stamp of approval. Yeah. Josh. That's yeah. how my interpretation of it was. It's like, known him for years, and Josh was like, you know, like he turned your, you know, he turned your back on your own wedding, or, you know, I, I don't know what the ECW storyline was, but yeah. Dreamer's like, yeah, it's true, and his point was that, you know, he's he's seen what he's done, and he's trying to come back you know, in, in good graces now. And I go, I trust them. So yeah. I, I think that like, and adds an extra little element to the storyline. You got one guy that's like, look, Bully Ray understands his mistakes of the past. He's a little older now. He's not as, you know, um, look, looking to screw people over for the belt as much as he wanted to back in the day. So like, it, it kind of makes sense, you know, in theory, like you're, you're an older guy, you got more wisdom. You want to kind of just, you know, end on good terms in your career. So I think that's how Tommy Dreamer pitched it. Yeah. It kind of puts Josh Alexander a little more ease, which we see later in the show. Yeah. Um, after this, we get a Trey Miguel promo talking about how he had a big fight last week. He's still hurting, but uh, he'll be ready for overdrive after he gets his back adjusted. He's ready for any comers, uh, and he is going to win the X Division tournament. Um, this is so. Trey- I guess the question is: Does Kenny King get involved? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. He could totally ignore him. Yeah. Or he could just be like, hey, I'll, like, that could be your next match afterwards. Like, he could attack the winner. I don't know. It, it, I feel like it depends on the opening because he's, Kenny King's on the pre show, right? And that's, he is. yeah. Uh, I could, I, I'll skip talking about that. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I, I I don't know where they go in the X division, but there's a lot of comers or there's a lot of people that I feel like have a have a say or could have a say in this. Yeah, yeah my, who my knows? This might just lead to another Ultimate X match, like yeah, the fourth well, one this year. Honestly, maybe. No, my, my <laughs> point is like, will will Black Tarus get a clean win over Trey? Or I hope. I hope. Just because, again, I, I think that this is this is one of those moments where I think you have a natural somebody who naturally connected with the fans, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like we we say this with any wrestling company, we, you need to strike while the iron is hot. Yeah, and don't make, I don't, don't think there's secondary because Trey right. had to be distracted to lose. Like, yeah, I think give him a clean win. Yeah, right? yeah, um, and Kenny King already has like him and Mike Bailey going on. Yeah. Like you don't need to throw Kenny in like a triple like a two different yeah. storylines at once. Depends how Impact wants to view Trey's next few months. Basically. Yeah. Do they want to like, you know, give him something to do, you know, if he loses kind of thing. That's fair. Yeah. Uh after this we would get our old school rules match between Macklin and Tommy Dreamer. Crowd is still seems very behind Macklin. Um. Yeah, but I, everybody loves Tommy. Um. But yeah, I, I, I think really that, wanted to hate this match. To be quite honest, with yes, you. <laughs> like, I agree. I, I there was a and, lot of stuff in this match that I was just like, okay, why is this gonna be here? Oh, okay. Like that, that's yeah. that, it. It was an enjoyable mess of a match. Right. Tommy Dreamer tells a good story and and yes. I think that's he knows where he's at in his career now. Um he knew where he's at with his career like 2010. Um yes. he tells a great story when he's in the ring and he's he's still good at doing that and especially with these old school matches he knows how to work it. There was um one point he had a top rope move. He had a go Oh my gosh. That that was not an ideal elbow drop. He like you know no. back and roll out of the way hit the uh, chair, but yeah. that that didn't really look very good. I mean, it makes sense. not at all. I, I don't. I wouldn't tell my dad, who's the same age as Tommy Dreamer, to jump off a turnbuckle. So yeah, no, <laughs> like it wouldn't look good. No, no, absolutely no. not. Um. Uh, yeah, yeah. Me, Pat, <laughs> and uh, Jake were watching this last uh, yesterday, right before um, uh, we left to okay. go up, and we all had a, a laugh at Tommy Dreamer trying to do a top rope move in okay. 2022. I'm, I'm glad you uh, noticed. <laughs> uh, but beyond that, I think he tells a good story still. And yes. uh, you know, he's not there to take wins away from people. He's, he's there to put people over. So um, we got to see, um, you know, the Impact's biggest fan come out and help. Yeah, Mr. Impact, <laughs> uh, who we sat like five seats away from in uh, I was going to say, I thought Philly. we were pretty close to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the first night of the Philly tapings, that he was like right there. You know, I was like, "Oh, I, I've seen that guy on TV before." Right. Didn't know he was the he was Mister Impact. Uh, right. Pat said that we both made a big mistake not trying to get his autograph when we yeah. we saw him, and I was like, "I'm not I getting a fan's a damn right." Yeah, I'm not getting a fan's autograph. <laughs> Take a picture. It was like that was, that'd be like you going to a Jets game and trying to get Fireman Ed's autograph. I I mean. <laughs> this is the impact, you know, power this hour. Is... But I do have a framed autograph from Fireman Ed. Oh my lord! So. <laughs> you need to be stopped. 
It you is, it is need in a frame to be stopped. Sitting on the first floor of my house. For everyone to see. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, anywho. Uh, yeah, Macklin ends up uh, picking up the win. Um, he gets uh, uh, Dreamer face first into a trash can, then hitting the KIA on a pile of chairs. Picks up the win after the match. Yeah, so basically uh, Mr. Impact, he took the, you know, this was weird, Mr. Yeah, he and he distracted Tommy Dreamer enough for Macklin to you know take over. That's how I I saw it. Yeah, I was just <laughs> very confused why Tommy Dreamer asked Mr. Impact to come help him set up a table that he immediately put like once they unfolded the legs. It was Mr. pretty much they... just like help me like you know push it into the ring. Like yeah. I guess it's cool for uh, a fan to do that. And, you know, it's like an homage to the ECW days where like fans yeah. were throwing stuff into the ring and. You know, like here's my umbrella. Use that. Here's my chair. Use that. So like, like it was cool. I think in the scope of it, in that sense, and I, I, the guy's apparently at every show. So I guess yeah. you know, if he's if he's paying that much to be there all the time. Might as well. Yeah. You know, well, that's that's, that's until you learn that he actually owns Impact. It's it's very possible. Yeah, he's actually the Anthem executive who owns. It. He's actually the bassist for Smashing Pumpkins, and he's for it. <laughs> for it. Yeah. Um. After the match, Macklin teased hitting a concerto on Tommy Dreamer. Bully Ray comes out. He hits Macklin with a spear. Um, they start brawling, but Moose comes in to, you know, basically uneven the odds once again. Yeah. But then Josh Alexander makes Well, the so save. it looks like before even the save, it looks like you're, we're about to see Bully Ray go through a table. Mm-hmm. And we're like, who the heck is going to save Bully Ray at this point? And yeah. very surprisingly, it is Josh Alexander that comes out. And cleans the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they end up throwing Macklin through the table instead. Yeah. And it, so there's a little bit of a stare down where Bully Ray grabs the belt and uh, Josh Alexander grabs the trophy, the Call Your Shot trophy. Josh hands it back. But Bully Ray is hesitant to give the belt back. And there's a little bit of tension there, which is understandable. You know, yeah. World title. But I, I think there was one one image that they had kind of like, you know, well, well placed by the cameraman where... Bully Ray's like kind of holding the belt in that you know style you're used to seeing him hold it before he's about to hit someone in the head. Yes. Um. He he was kind of clenching it in that sense, and Josh kind of caught him there, and there was a little bit of tension in that sense. And it's interesting to kind of see like would would Bully Ray have you know he was contemplating would he really have taken that shot to then you know try to win the title right there and then let's call it a shot because it's like a money in the bank he could mm-hmm. you know ask for the ref to come down right there and then. Um, I think you saw a little bit of that tension in his own head. Like he's like fighting his own demons. Do I do what I used to do? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's creating an interesting dynamic for sure. Yeah. Um, after this, we get Rich Swan versus Laredo kid. Um, yeah. And you know, Laredo kids like kind of down bad these days. He, he lost yeah. to Bruce. He, and he, he kind of got the job entrance. Yeah. Um, and and Rich Swan's the one that I don't know if I would say he was hotter at the time, but you know this match is all about Rich Swan. Yeah, um, wasn't really doing anything else. So comes out here, gets a pretty quick win on Laredo Kid. Good, yeah. good, quick match. Like you know, Laredo came right off the bat, like didn't even like do a shake hands thing. Like kind of just went in, into like a somersault into Rich Swan to try to get things going. Um, but Rich is the hotter piece right here. I, it, the commentary table was talking up that he's been you know. 
itching for a world title shot, which we've known, but now he's just been pushed to the back burner with Bobby Fish and Kaz and Bully Ray all coming out of the woodworks and Macklin now, like all looking for title shots. So Rich Swan's just looking for his chance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As you said, Rich Swan picks up a, a win. Uh, yeah. We also had a backstage segment with Mickey James and Taylor Wilde. Yes. Mickey. Uh, this this is easily one of the worst produced segments of the of recent impacts, uh, just because nothing no issue with Taylor Wilde and Mickey James having a backstage segment. That is not what I'm having an issue with. My issue is that it sounded like the microphone was about fifty feet away because you could, you could not hear a word for several parts of the segment. It was a little uh, soft on them. I do agree. Yeah, um, but. The, the part that was picked up was was the final part, uh, which was, you know, uh, Taylor Wilde saying, you know, I, I didn't do this to try to even the odds and try to be friends with Mickey James. And, you know, I don't hate Deanna. I don't hate Chelsea Green. I just want to be the one to end Mickey James's yeah. career at Overdrive. Well, um, it was because Mickey's asking, like, why'd you come out? I told you not yeah. to come out. And, you know, on the surface, the obvious answer was like, well, Deanna was kicked out, then ran back out to try to, you know, basically win the match with Chelsea. So it made sense for someone to make the save and just, you know, and, and she didn't really get involved. She just attacked Deanna and they wrote, yeah. rolled around backstage. That's yeah. fair. But Taylor Wilde then threw in at the end, as you're saying, that she wants to be the one to retire Mickey James. And. Mickey did the, you know, Owen Wilson. Wow. Yeah. Uh, there at the end with that. It, it, it adds a little wrench because, again, it's similar to the Kaz and Josh Alexander. It's like a lot of respect being thrown around here and there. Yeah. Um, so it, I think it adds an element like, okay, Taylor wants to win because she wants to be the better wrestler. Yeah. So. Do you think Taylor Wilde is going to be the one to end Mickey James' career? Uh, absolutely not. I no. think OD has a better chance yeah. of winning. And OD. <laughs> <laughs> so that just lets you know how I feel about Taylor Wilde. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, final match of the night is Sammy Callahan uh, versus Eric Young in the Death Machines Double Jeopardy match. Um, it is a first blood match that has an extra layer to it. Whoever bleed you in order to lose, you have to be bleeding and then get pinned or submitted. Um, yeah, interesting match, but then they kind of like right off the bat, you have Violent by Design's new posse, which is Big Con, yeah, Dark Orders, Alan Angels, who said he used to, you know, what did he say last week? I had like a, I have, I had a dark history, yeah, but now I'm with Violent by Design, yeah, uh, at his Dark Order days. Yeah. Um, they come right off the bat with Diener and draw blood on Sammy Callahan. So that half of that double jeopardy is already out the window because Sammy Callahan's ready to be pinned or submitted. Yeah. Before the match even starts. Yeah. This, I, I didn't like the beginning of this match. I thought I wouldn't like it again because of the beginning, but then it ended up being a really good. Yeah. I mean, you can't really go wrong with an Eric Young match. Eric Young has been killing it since coming back to impact. Oh yeah. Um, and I mean, Sammy Callahan, you can love him or hate him. I thoroughly enjoy him. It, um, this is the type of match that's in his element. Like, a no yes. you know, that's where he thrives the most. And Eric Young's pretty much up for any assignment, is what we've seen the past yes. week. So I, I think they blended very well together. Yeah. Uh, 
This was probably one of the bloodiest matches we've seen in it on TV, at least. Oh, absolutely. Um, there was just they were just covered in blood by the end of this match. Well, I mean, like Sammy Callahan had to work a fifteen minute match with like him being bladed before the match yes. started. So yeah, yeah. it was um, the the entire ring was just splots of blood everywhere. I would imagine for the tapings they. Uh, did this in order, and this was the last match of the day. I'd hope. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is this the, the first. Yeah, right. It, it was the it was the first of night one, and then they had to redo the uh, yeah. ring yeah. <laughs> before the rest of the taping. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, this the the part you kept on thinking. Okay, Sammy's gonna lose here. He, he looks really weak. He looks groggy. Eric Young's in control. Eric hits his pile driver. Uh, Sammy kicks out at two. Sammy takes control for a bit, hits the cactus driver. Uh, and uh, Eric Young kicks out at two. Um, and eventually, uh, Callahan would end up picking up the win uh, with another cactus driver uh, after a bunch of uh, trash can lid shots to the head um and sammy callahan wins um violent by design would then come out and stand over eric young yeah so this looking... is the this is the image that ends the show too yeah yeah this was a very odd ending um just because yeah so they, they just stood again, there it, yeah just to say it again it's violent by design the, the diener con and alan angels just standing over the bloodied Eric Young and yeah. Eric Young's pretty much not with it for most of it. And then kind of at the end, he's like seeing them and he's looking up, but they're, they're not like helping them or anything. They're not beating them up. So it's just kind of leaves an aura in the air for sure. Um, what, what are your takeaways just on the ending there? Do you think Diener is gonna, gonna rise up here and become like a leader or. I think that's the plan, but I can't, they, I, I don't think Violent by Design would be anything close to being as big as it was if Cody fucking Diener is the leader of the group. Um, I think well, I think he plays better as a second fiddle. Uh, yeah, from what we've seen of his career, and he's not a spring chicken himself either. Yeah, that for a while. Um, and I can't see Big Con being the leader, but. Um, there is room for growth with Alan Angels. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so I think whatever, because think think about in, in the big scheme of things too. He le- he left AEW not because he wasn't given a contract. It was because he was gonna have to resign to be a part of Dark Order. And yeah, the ceiling was there. Dark Order is not world title material at this point. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're they're basically gonna win matches on Dark and kind of be there for Adam Page every so often. But they're not individually gonna rise over the crop and a lot of the dark order you know like they're they're either like 10 is kind of raw or like evil uno has kind of hit his ceiling like they're like they're not they're not gonna elevate themselves by themselves like silver and reynolds are kind of like you know they they're, they're established mid-card tag team wrestlers um yeah so alan angels has a, a much bigger ceiling we saw it when he was first brought on to AEW when he wrestled kenny omega out of nowhere yeah. and they had like a 12 minute barn burner um yeah. So there's a lot of potential with Alan Angels. So for him to leave AW because of the Dark Order thing and to come to Impact, I don't know if he signed or not, but to come to Impact and work as just a member of Violent by Design, I think 
think what we saw at the end of tonight kind of shows that there's a lot more in the brew than just him being a side piece member. Agreed. I, I doubt he would have came back just to do that. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely see. Yeah. Um, we will watch Overdrive at some point before the next episode of Impact, most likely, uh, since it is on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I give I give this Impact a thumbs up. Definitely, yeah, a great show. Thumbs up for uh, going before the pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, so we will be back next week with another episode of the Impact Power Hour. Maybe we'll have a new uh, Impact, or not Impact, uh, maybe some new Impact champions. Um, maybe some titles change. Uh, and we might have a new Deep Six champion after, uh, you know, prediction, uh, the full gear, because we did predict that. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but, yeah. Um, cool. Make sure to stay subscribed up to date with Deep Six Wrestling on Twitter at Deep Six Wrestling. Forever, however long Twitter is, yeah. we will yeah. be on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, or subscribe to the YouTube uh, Deep Six Wrestling podcast uh, and subscribe to the podcast on any of the different platforms that we are on. Uh, leave a like, a rating, review, whatever you want to do. Um, and thank you guys for listening. And uh, we will be back to releasing this uh, the podcast regularly now that I'm back in Jersey. You got it. All right. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. Bye.